the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. With a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we're live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Well, tonight on Contending for the Faith, we begin part one of a new series entitled An Extreme Invitation to Discipleship. As found in Luke chapters 14, verses 15 through 24. Jesus every day is giving this extreme invitation to those in the church and those outside the church. But there are very few who are truly responding to this invitation. They are busy making excuses and allowing the cares and the distractions and things of this world to get in the way of their accepting this extreme invitation. Well, let's prepare our hearts to receive this message and much, much more, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction uh, to this new series that we're going to be starting tonight on an extreme invitation to discipleship. And remember, I have said this over and over and over many times that uh, the word disciple in the Bible is mentioned 269 times, and the word Christian is mentioned three times. What does that tell you? Jesus is challenging all of us today, challenging every child of God to start to walk into the principles of what it means to be a disciple And Jesus has given this invitation, an extreme invitation to all of us. The big question is, will you receive it, believe it, and achieve it? That's the big question. Now, it's very important for us to understand that Jesus has given this invitation to all of us. And that's why it says in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, Jesus said, come unto me. Now, he didn't say, come unto a religion. He didn't say come into a church. He didn't say come into a building. He didn't say come into a pastor. He said come unto me. That's a personal extreme invitation to all of us to take advantage of that extreme invitation because he's an extreme savior given an extreme invitation to all of us. Now, I want to call your attention to a passage of Scripture that sounds like the last series that we gave. And we want to call your attention to Luke chapter 13 and verse 24. Luke chapter 13 and verse 24. And if you have your Bibles, look with us at Luke chapter 13, verse 24. Again, in Luke chapter 13 and verse 24, Jesus teaches on this extreme and narrow path that can help you make it into heaven. Notice what I said, 
this extreme and narrow path that can help you to make it into heaven. Heaven is not just something that you can just say, well, I'm just a churchgoer, and I'm just uh, believing, working in the church and being as busy as a bee. You know, that still can send you to hell, my friend, if you don't walk into the principles of an extreme disciple. Now, it tells us, Jesus tells us in Luke 13 and 24, strive. Now, that means to go after. That means to be radical. Strive to enter in at the straight. Now, this is a powerful statement coming from Jesus Strive to enter in at the straight or the narrow gate. For many, now notice what he says, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not, notice what he says, and shall not be able. Now, that's a serious and extreme statement coming from our Savior. Now, how many people are being taught this in the churches today, taught that Jesus taught this, strive to enter in at the straight or narrow gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Now, there are people seeking it, but they're seeking it with the wrong motive. And that's why a lot of people are not going to make it into heaven. They're seeking it with the wrong attitude. They're seeking it after the flesh and after the world and after Satan. And you can't make it in, my friend, that way. That's why Jesus is saying, strive, strive. You got to go after this. You got to make sure that you are a true, extreme disciple of Jesus Christ in order to enter in. Now, I believe that when Jesus uses the word many, he is referring to the great crowds of people in the church and outside the church. When he says many, now notice that word many. So in Luke 13 and verses 25 through 28, take note of that. In Luke chapter 13, verses 25 through 28, Jesus teaches on how one day the door to heaven will be completely closed on those great crowds of people who didn't take being an extreme and radical disciple seriously. Now, you say, I'm a churchgoer. That's great. You say that I'm involved with the church. That's great. But are you involved with discipleship? See, that should be a priority over everything. Are you involved with what Jesus said to be an extreme disciple? So, we see in Luke 13 and 25 through 28, Jesus teaches on how one day the door to heaven will be completely closed on those great crowds of people who didn't take being an extreme and radical disciple seriously. Now, notice verse 25 of Luke 13. Now, I want you to look at that with me now, because this is not Buckner. This is Bible. Verse 25. When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut the door, notice that, and shut the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door saying, now this is religious folks. Now they are the ones that's using the term Lord. 
Lord, just like in Matthew chapter 7. Many in that day will say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this and do that in your name? But he says, I will profess to you, I never knew you because you didn't do the will of the Father. You know what the desire of every Christian should be? is to know your Bible. Now, we always say, know your Bible. That's what we say. But I'm going to go a step further. Know the will of God in your Bible. It's not enough to just know the Bible, but know what the will of God is for your life in the Bible. That's so critical. So many people will be outside, Jesus says, outside, and they will call on the name of the Lord. Now, now in this life, they don't hardly ever call on the name of the Lord unless they're in trouble. They'll call on him when they're in trouble. But when they're not in trouble, the name of the Lord is hardly ever mentioned. But when they are in trouble outside the door and not getting inside the kingdom of God, they're going to start crying out. Now, notice what Jesus says, without, to knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. Look at verse 26. Goes on to say, Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drank in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. Look at verse 27. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. And look at verse 28. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets. On one occasion, somebody asked Jesus in Luke 13 and 23. I want you to notice this. On one occasion, somebody asked Jesus in Luke 13 and 23. If you care to look at that, look at it. Or there are few that be saved. And in Luke 13 and 24, Jesus said, strive to enter in at the straight or narrow gate for many. Notice he says, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Why? Because they have not walked in this lifetime in the commands of the chief commander extreme commander, Jesus Christ. He's calling upon pastors. He's calling upon laypersons. He's calling upon all these churchgoers who are busier than a beat working in the church to be an extreme disciple, to be committed and obedient to the call of his lordship and the calling of a radical commitment to discipleship. That's what Jesus is calling upon all of us to do. Now, I want you to turn with me over to Luke chapter 14. This is our main text, Luke chapter 14 and verses 15 through 24. Now, let me say something about this uh, grand opening of this extreme challenging chapter of Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. It is a powerful chapter on an invitation to extreme discipleship. The same crowds then are the same crowds today. I want you to make a note of that. Jesus' challenge in these hardcore messages is the true principles of an extreme disciple. 
these hardcore messages have to do with the prioritizing because a true disciple, a true extreme disciple, put Jesus first. Now, this is so true because Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So as we get into this chapter, let me kind of break it down to you. Let me break it down to you because you need to know the background of a book. And one great scholar says the background of a book is like the skeleton to the body. Take the skeleton out of the body. The body becomes a quivering heap of jelly-like substance, good for nothing. So in Luke 14 and verse 20, I want you to notice that the This third man is controlled by natural affections, and we're going to kind of get into these different types of people, and people in our church today and in the world are controlled by three things. Number one, possessions. Number two, businesses. And number three, natural affections. Now, let me kind of break down, like I said, the background uh, of this chapter, chapter 14. When you look at chapter 14, and you may want to make a note of this, number one, Jesus heals on the Sabbath, and we find this in verses 1 through 6. And number two, Jesus corrects the hosts, verses 12 through 14. And number three, Jesus corrects the guests, verses 18 through 20. So we learn in Luke 14 and verse 15, and when one guest of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, now I want you to notice this, blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. What is he saying here? I want you to make a note of this. What is he saying here? Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. This is what he's doing. He's using pious platitudes, pious cliches. He's, this man here has got Christianity in his mouth but not in his heart. When he says, blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God, the word blessed is another way of saying in our day, praise the Lord. But behind it is worn out words. Behind it is no substance. And so that's why Jesus gets into Luke 14 and 16, and we see God's invitation to salvation, and he challenges many people to come to him as Lord. And as we continue in this series, we're going to continue to deal with the excuses that people make. But I want to let you know, my friend, excuses don't excuse, they only accuse. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. We want to begin also by thanking everyone who's been praying for Contending for the Faith. Without your prayers, we wouldn't have been on the air for so many years. We also want to thank those who gave financially this week. And, <clears throat> and Ronald, Kim, Jim, William, Jackie, Valerie, and Bruce. It does cost us 400 a week to stay on the air, and we are listener-supported, so we need your help. If you've been blessed by this ministry and Dr. Buckner's teachings, teachings won't you consider partnering with us financially? So some of you, um, you know, as tax time rolls around and you're getting that 
expecting that that big return check. Maybe God will put it on your heart to be a blessing to our ministry, to keep this thing on the air and to continue to bless folks for time and eternity. There's two ways that you can donate. The first one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is so much simpler. Just go onto your laptop, your computer, your tablet, smartphone, and go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. And it's that simple. And you'll be a blessing for us and uh, the listening audience for time and eternity. You'll be touching lives with your giving. It's so important. You know, God has given us those three T's, time, talent, and treasure. The question is, what are you doing with your time, your talent, and your treasure? Are you using them for the kingdom? Are you being a blessing? That's what God has called us all to do, and he's going to call us into account for what we've done with our time, talent, and treasure. So we want to encourage you, be a blessing to this ministry, be a blessing to those who are listening, because you never know how this broadcast is going to touch a life. We always talk about one day we believe we'll stand before God. He'll show us a vast multitude of people and we'll wonder who they are. And they're going to be in heaven as a result of listening to this broadcast and as a result of your giving. So it's important to continue to be consistent in prayer Continue to be consistent in your giving. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for those announcements. And we have had people uh, stepping up to the plate and uh, knocking home runs in the support of the ministry. And we want to thank you all for your your prayers, but your support as well. So we want to just, just take out some time to just thank you and continue to let the Lord use you so we can continue to do what we're doing. Uh, we can't do it without you, your prayers, and your support. Brother Gary, let's get to uh, our callers. All right. You know, there's somebody on the line. I don't know who this person is. Somebody named Cece. <laughs> I think we do know him. Oh. <laughs> Brother Cece, how you doing? Um, how you guys doing? We are truly blessed in the Lord. How about yourself? Um, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Um, he woke me up this morning and then, you know, and did a lot of the great things. So that's that's life itself is a blessing. I'm, every morning I wake up, I'm, I'm amazed at he gave me another day. I'm like, wow, he gave me another day. So I'm amazed. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that as well as many other things. Amen. Are you under the weather today? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. All right. Well, we'll keep you in prayer around that as well. You know, we can tell that you're under the weather a little bit. But we know God's grace is sufficient for you and your weakness. I want to say this before you get to your uh, <clears throat> question. And then I want you to give a little feedback on which God of the message and and let us know what your question is. But uh, last week, I didn't get a chance to respond to something you were saying about a friend. Um, can you repeat that again about one of your friends had, uh, um, you know, ex- had an experience? And I want to comment on that. Um, which one? The one that uh, you believed had passed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what happened was, um, yeah, it's, 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 there's actually two testimonies. The first testimony um was this is a very close friend of mine. Um, their uncle was in a, um, a fatal car accident. True story. And um, I guess they put his body in the uh, body in the morgue, 
and I don't know how many, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how long he been in the morgue, but he was definitely dead. You know, bad car accident, and um, the person who worked at the coroner's office was going. I guess it was going to cut him open to to get you know some parts out of his body, and um, he he opened his eyes and asked him like, "What are you doing?" You know, and the person who's doing the corners, the corners, uh, off the corners person, they jump, they jump back and drop their stuff. Of course, they were, they were frightened at that. And, um, he, be, he began to, um, tell my friend who's, who's a, who's a believer in Christ, you know, saying strong, walking to the Lord, that he had an experience. Um, I don't really understand it, but he said he, um, was somewhere peaceful. And he, he, he said he, I don't know if it was Jesus, somebody, but he said somebody he saw, told him it wasn't his time, and he sent him back. And at that time, when he, I guess, was supposed to be sent back or whatever the case was, is when he woke up at the corner's office. True story. So um, he's alive, and he actually walked out of there, and um, he's, he's, in, he's, he's living with his wife and his family right now. And so I've, I've actually been praying for him because he's not a believer, you know, that he would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. But um, it's just really amazing because a lot of times, you know, we 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 limit God and we put him in a box and you know and and God is powerful and you know we know these kind of things doesn't happen all every time this is an anomaly but that's that's a miracle and so anybody who would prop their mouth to say that God is not real who can explain that you know um, there's no other way to explain it but God you know because this man was dead you know and this was you know he was in fatal car accident and he, you know to be in the corners off in the freezer and get up and walk out of there nobody could do this but god and right, so right. i'm a i'm a believer in that and i know that 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 was a power of god and i don't understand why a lot of times when you know why that wasn't really noted in that case but i'm gonna give him the glory through that which he's actually getting the glory glory through me and what he done you know because that's that's amazing on top of the um, other person who I had been praying for, me and some family family members um, who had cancer in his stomach. He had a tumor, and the cancer had broke off, and um, it started attacking his livers. And a, a friend of mine called me and said, I'm, I want you to pray for him. And this is a friend of mine I've prayed with him before, and me and him have prayed for a couple other people before, by God's grace, on different occasions, and he's, done, he's worked some miracles. And so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know whether God was going to heal him or not, but I said, let's go into prayer. And so he prayed, and I went inside on my own and began to ask God to have mercy upon him and continue to pray. And then he called me, which was the week before last, and said some some something to share with you. He said um, that he had went, he had been at the chemotherapy, um, and they told him the most that he most that he had was three months to live. That's the most they could get from it, from that, and his liver was being attacked, and he was in pretty bad shape. He couldn't he barely walk and. Um, after we prayed for him, and he went in there for his last checkup, the tumor was gone. The doctors was amazed; they couldn't understand it was no tumor, and he's cancer-free, and he's actually in the recovery right now. He's getting his strength back. He's walking, and he's alive right now. And he's also he's not a believer, and so I've also been praying for him. And so those are two huge miracles. Not to mention all the other miracles that we don't know about and things. Because the thing I like to say about this, I won't take too much time, is that. A lot of people, they read about the things that Jesus did in the Bible, how he healed the sick and he raised the dead and did all these, these, these awesome miracles, and they limit to that to say, okay, well, that just happened in the Bible times. And no, Jesus is doing that still today. 
And no, not everybody's going to get healed of cancer, and nobody's, and not everybody's going to walk out of a corner's office. But we do know one thing: that God is real, and I will give Him the glory on that, and many other things that He has done, and nobody can explain that. So, if anybody out there that's listening out there in Radio Land who don't believe He's real or atheist or something, He is. There's no explanation to explain what He did. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried. He rose on the third day, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And it's by his power of what he did on the cross that that man walked out of that corner's office. It's by his power what he did on the cross that that cancer is gone out of my um, friend's father-in-law, who is living well, both people living, and many other miracles that he has done that's not noted, that we don't know about, and things are taking place. Jesus is real. And if anybody's listening out there and don't believe in him, they need to bow the knee to him. Because as he says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Well, we appreciate that uh, testimony there. And just let me just kind of add to that. Uh, I really do believe that God still does miracles today because um, Hebrews 13 and 8, um, you know, 6 through 8 talks about uh, especially verse 8, uh, Jesus same yesterday, today, and forever, and what he did yesterday can do today. I just want to state to you that uh, when it comes to death, though, uh, it's important to understand the differences between a clinical death and a biological death. Um, from a uh, biblical perspective, when it comes to biological death, uh, it's where when a person dies, they are absent from the body and presence with the Lord if they are a believer. If they're not a believer, they go into Hades, uh, which is a temporary uh, torment place until they get sentenced to the lake of fire, which the book of Revelation talks about. And the biological death is where, uh, you know, is related to Luke 16, where the rich man and the poor man died and they uh the rich man desired for Abraham to go back and uh warn uh the people uh and uh Abraham said no you can't go back uh, they can't nobody's going to go back because they have Abraham, they have Moses and the prophets to uh, speak to the people so uh so there there are people today who experience what is known today as clinical deaths and that means that they don't actually fully die, but they are in a state like they're dead. And uh, they it could be from a lot of different things. It, you know, it could be from the brain. It could be an injury from the brain. It could be a lot of other um, problems in the brain. But as far as a biological death, it, when we look at Scripture, uh, once a person dies, uh, they are either in the presence of God or Hades, and God is not going to allow them to come back. Uh, but this is a lot of things going on today in the world, uh, near-death experiences, people seeing a light and seeing various things and coming back, and then they're saying this, they've been to heaven and back. And, and even when a person, like in Paul's case, which is not the normative in Second uh, Corinthians 12, uh, he couldn't even testify at all about what had happened in his life. So I just wanted to make sure I state to you about the differences between the biological and clinical, because uh, we have to always match experiences to the Word of God and never uh, experiences over the Word of God, but the Word of God over experiences. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I just want to make sure I state that to you. And uh, you had a uh, question as well. Um, and let's get to your question. Uh, and then we will. Well, actually, how did the word of God speak to you uh, on in tonight? Um, we just began to just bring truth about um, in terms of um, because if the world has a perspective again, as I think of about you know saying they have they they come to they think they can come to God on their own standards, mm-hmm. and um, from what you said, which was from a biblical perspective, that um, you can't come to God on your own standards. Mm-hmm. He has a standard that he has. Um, made very clear, which is through his son, in John fourteen six and other passages, which I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to preach today because you, you already did that. But um, it, to me, it's clear from uh, what you said in terms of that, that this is, it can only be a work of God. It's God's work. And it's that we have to believe on his son and what he did, not what we can do. It's based upon, that's, that's, that's you know, that's, that's what I... Um, get it, or each time when I hear you preach, you know, because you always bring it back. You always bring it back to what the book says, and you, what I like about it is, is you keep it right where the book is. You know, a lot of times when pastors are preaching, they'll kind of veer off into that and sort of, you know, put their own interpretation. And once you do that, I like you. You stick to what the scriptures say, and and I really appreciate that. And is you know is evident in that. Amen. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the encouraging words. And uh, what's your prayer request tonight as well? Um, if you can, if you can pray for my, um, me and my family, uh, my mother Rosalinda, and um, all of my loved ones. And then I want to continue. You know, I, I know I usually when I call here, I always name the different celebrities, but I want to kind of target in on the same ones that I've been uh, that we uh, that I mentioned last week. I think it was which was the Wayne Sean and Marlon Wayne's and um I think it was um I don't care remember the other one. I know Tom Cruise and God knows all the other ones, but I wanna kinda target, you know, target my prayers again toward them that God could continue, you know, to reach because there's so much that they have around them that's keeping them distracted that I want to get these prayers, you know, so Sean and Marlon Wayne's and um got the yeah, I think it was um Tom Cruise and I can't I can't I can't remember the other ones, but you know, God remembers those. Amen. Appreciate that. And we're going to have Brother Gary to uh, lift this up in prayer and lift you up around that, Brother Gary. So, Lord, we just thank you for, once again, Brother CC and his questions tonight, as well as his uh, faithfulness to you and to your word. We pray, Lord God, for his mother, Rosalinda, and his family. We pray, Lord God, for him as well, that you will continue to bless him, strengthen him, and encourage him. We also lift up these celebrities, the the Wayne brothers and Tom Cruise and the, and the other ones, Lord God, you know who they are. And just like <clears throat> you died for us, you died for them as well. And they need a Savior just as much as we need you today, Lord God. And we pray that you would just open up opportunities for people to come into their life to share the good news with them, that they might receive salvation, that they might receive life, and, Lord God, that they would become new creatures and that you would use them to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Cece, for your call and your um, testimonies. And God bless you. And you want to stay on the, uh, the phone? Yeah, yeah, because I'm actually, I'm actually on my phone right now. So okay. I'm not at home. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. All righty, Brother Gary. All right. Well, we'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We just want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much, and we know that your prayers have availed much over the years. Otherwise, we wouldn't be on the air tonight to talk about it. And so we just thank you, and we really appreciate all that you have done through your prayer and your consistent prayer for this ministry. And also, those of you who have consistently given to Contending for the Faith, we just want to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts because this ministry is listener-supported, and without your financial support, again, we would not be here talking about it tonight. Uh, But we just want to remind you that we need your consistent prayers, and we need your consistent financial partnership to continue to do the work that God has called us. There's two ways you can donate. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to with your, with your smartphone or your tablet or your laptop and go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and it's that simple, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for those announcements, and uh, let's get to our next uh, caller. I think we had Cece on. Were we going to continue yeah, He's just going to hold on. Okay. Yes. All right. So we're ready for Deborah. Yes. Deborah, how are you doing this evening? Hello, Deborah. Deborah, did you go to sleep? I think she. I think she's <laughs> falling asleep. I can hear her some snoring. <laughs> Sounds real peaceful. I think yes. Can... Yes. Yes. Oh, well, well, maybe she'll wake up later. Let's. Yeah. Let's. Uh, Maybe what we'll do is just, uh, you know, okay, put it back on hold. And maybe after she wakes up, she can call us back. <laughs> Amen. Well, well, you know, at least she's not like the, uh, the, the, the guy in Acts who was sitting listening to Paul into the wee hours of the night on the second floor. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. And he fell out of the window. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, amen to that. You know. Uh, I know what you're saying you on know, that one there. Hey, he's one of the first preachers that went and, and tried to preach too long. Amen to that. <laughs> well, while we're waiting, uh, maybe we'll get her back in a little bit. Uh, while we're waiting, maybe we can um, have you to give some feedback, uh, Brother Gary, on how did this first part series uh, minister to you and what did you get out of this and what is your message to uh, the world and what Jesus is saying about this extreme discipleship uh, teaching? Well, you know, uh, Dr. Buckner, I I really, you know, my role at at our church is I'm in charge of discipleship (laughs) ministries. And so it's discipleship is important. And I get really concerned about um, what our people are receiving, you know, most recently, um, you know, that that film came out regarding the shack. I know you're familiar with that book that came yes. out back in, I think, it was very much so 2008. A lot of problems with that. Book. A lot of problems. Right. But, you know, people flock to go see it and people flock to read the book and and they don't have a, a strong understanding of of doctrine and. You know, Hosea 4 and 6 rings true. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so it really concerns me that um, we more we have to bulletproof our people, is mm-hmm. how I put it. You know, we've got to give them 
the the proper teaching. We've got to make sure that they understand God's word completely. We got to, that they understand it and that they can communicate it uh, so that they are entering through that narrow gate, you know, and not self-deceived into thinking they're right when they might be wrong mm-hmm. because they just don't know. And no one's taking the time to teach them or, or they don't feel it's important. Um, but, you know, that's how it struck me, Dr. Buckner. You know, discipleship is a critical piece of every ministry. Uh, we need to make sure our people are, are, are being taught the things that they need to be taught. Um, it's so critical. Um, and so I think this is going to be a, a tremendous series in that regard and help people to maybe give themselves a check Check up from the neck up, as we used to say, <laughs> and make sure your, your your house is truly built on the rock and that you're not somewhere on shifting sands thinking you're all right. So I think it's going to be a powerful, powerful thing. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Gary, for those uh, that input and uh, so touching at what you shared. Um, Look like we have a, another caller. Uh, I believe it's Eddie. Eddie, how are you doing this evening? Hi, I'm good this evening. How are you, Doctor? We're we're truly blessed, my brother. It's good to it's good to have your call tonight. And is this your first time calling in? It's not. I called a couple years ago. Okay. Can good. you turn down your radio? Because you're getting a, a echo oh, in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There it is. All okay. right, you're there. Okay. What's uh, on your heart tonight? <clears throat> well, I was listening to some of the comments you were making about. Being uh, more, I'm just going to use the word radical, and on you know, uh, sometimes people use the phrase being on fire uh, for God. And I'm, my question has to do specifically with the men's department or men's ministry. It already exists in the church that I attend, but I. Um, uh, we just seem to not be on fire. Um, seems to be a lack of buy-in, just showing up to meetings and wanting to take the lead and and be about something, being powerful. And I know it's not about numbers, but there's a part of me that wants, I want more men to be there. And, and I was just wondering if you could give some tips just based on your experience on how to energize uh, energize um, men who are already believers, you know, and most of them are mature. Most of us are mature, meaning, well, we, we've been in the faith for a while, so we know the basics. And I'm just wondering if you had any specific tips, you know, two or three tips that could kind of get believers in that mindset that, you know, these are the last days and that salvation is in, is important and make it more crucial, you know, mm-hmm. for us so that we'll be on fire. I'm just not sure what to do. Uh, how um, many men are you working with? Well, we have, um, i say close to 30 that's on, whose names are written in, in, in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of show up to our monthly meetings. Uh, there may be 
average five, six, and it's the same five or six that kind of show up. Right. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how to energize. Well, let me just say this. Um, <clears throat> one way to do it, and it kind of fits into what I've been teaching on this series, is um, is helping men to move from what it means to be a Christian uh, to equipping them in the area of discipleship. So this this series is going to be a blessing to those who listen and um, I really do believe that um, uh, that we have to become spiritual fathers uh, to men today like uh, Paul was to Timothy. He was a spiritual father, and he uh, guided him into the biblical principles of uh, what it means to be a godly man, a godly father, a godly a person, a godly leader. Uh, he was uh, guiding Timothy and all those principles. And so it's equipping men in the area of discipleship. And And I would uh, try to um, bring in somebody even like myself, because uh, I've done a lot of training in dealing with men. So a lot of times it's good to bring somebody in to your men's group and simply um, allow uh, that person to equip them uh, because that's the way churches do as a whole. They bring people in who have done a lot of work, and I've done a lot of work in dealing with men. And um, we want to get men to the point where uh, God always have used men, and I'm going to give you kind of an example, you know, when we look at men in the Bible, like uh, Philip, you know, he was involved with a revival in Samaria, and he was just an ordinary man. He was not a preacher. He was just like one of the deacons, early deacon-type people in Acts 6 and 7, so Acts 6. And God was able to use him because he was a person who was involved with all of these things which sounded like and you may care to write him down, but he was involved with availability. A lot of people always say, is it about your ability? No, it's about your availability. And it's about the next year, flexibility, teachability, dependability, reliability. All of those things are very critical in being ready to do the work of God. So um, that's very important. So why don't we do this? Why don't you t- get down my number, uh, the number that we give at the end of the program, and let me talk to you some more about this, and maybe we can work up some type of setup where I can uh, even come by or work with some of the men with you and help them to get to the place where they need to be because I have a lot of material. And then also you want to look at some stuff with Tony Evans. Tony Evans did a tremendous book and work in this area, and you'll get some good ideas from uh, Tony Evans, the pastors of church in Dallas, Texas. So I would recommend his his book. Okay. 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 So we'll stay on, stay on, uh, and get uh, talk to our phone counselor and give us your number, and then uh, I'll contact you and take down our number. And you contact me, and then we'll build on this and try to help the men in your church. I appreciate you, Doctor. You got it. Thank you for your call. 
Well, let's get to uh, Ron. Uh, Ron, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing this evening? Uh-huh, I'm doing. Well, let's <laughs> get doing. let's get you to do more. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, or or do better. <laughs> or do better. That's yeah, right. There we go. Do better. There, there we go. go. That's that's what I want. Do better. Amen. And what's on um, your what's on your heart? If you're gonna do better, you gotta do different, though. That's right. Well, yeah, I'm trying to do different. Believe me, yeah. right now. Okay. Um, well, the bottom line is just the, the the way you're gonna do better is to just do His will, brother. Mm-hmm. Be into doing His will, and that's what we well, want to help you with. So, what's on yeah, your heart right now? Doing better starts with a job. Mm-hmm. I am I am living in a car. I have no money. I have food stamps, but. You can't buy cooked food, and when you can't cook food, you're buying food that, you know. Okay. Um, I have, I, I'm about to lose every, the last few pieces of clothes I have because I have them in a storage unit because I can't keep them in the car. And um, I really need a job because um, I came back here to, to set some things up because so, I was living in the Caribbean with my wife and son. I was going to bring them back, and I can't do anything without a job. Well, let I me ask you this real back. quick. I can't even... Let me ask you this real quick because I want to use my time wisely with you. You have a phone number so we can get your number so I can talk to you more in detail and dialogue with you because uh, we just only have a couple of minutes, and I want to make sure that we get in contact with you to try to help you. And so do you have a cell phone number? For the next week. It ends next Saturday. Okay. Leave, leave it with our, our phone counselor. Okay. Uh, and also, too, are you involved with a Well Healthy Balance Church? Are you involved with any church? I can't get to a church right now. I can't. The, the The car I'm in is somebody else's, and i got to give it back in the morning. I can only sleep in it at night. But, I mean, have you been involved with a church previously? Oh, I have been, but but since I've been unemployed and everything else, no. Yeah, because that's that's a that's a real thing that, that you, the connectedness with a church family it would help, can really help I, you. Connectedness, you have to get to a church. Yeah. Well, the the thing about it is a church, when you contact them, they'll come and help you to get there. So that, you know, you need to be connected because people will go beyond the call of duty to help you. But if you're in an isolated state, that you just leave yourself out there with no help. So leave your number and uh, I'm going to get back with you and we're going to see what we can do to try to uh, get you some help. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Let's pray for you right now. Brother Gary, let's, mm-hmm. let's pray for our brother. And, Lord, we just pray right now for Brother Ron. We pray, Lord God, you know it's no accident, Lord God, that he called tonight, Lord God. And so, Lord, we just pray. Your word says, my God shall supply all of his needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So, Lord God, we just trust you to supply his need. Lord God, he needs a job. He needs a place. Lord God, help him, Lord. Strengthen him and encourage him, Lord God. And, Lord God, just let your resources pour into his life right now, Lord God. Help him not to give up, not to despair, but, Lord God, give him new hope. And, Lord God, enrich his faith. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we've come to the end of tonight's broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. Uh, It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip exhort and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.